winner, ain't we slice it all the way around. The carryouts are good and hot, great for nighttime snacks. Or sit down at Little Caesars, just order and relax. If you want variety, there's a family in for you. It's a winner, come in and see Little Caesars. Look for our ad in the news and free press TV books for a free pizza. Hi, Evan. Welcome to Left Unread. Thank you for joining us this evening. I'm really glad you were able to make this Wait work a for fucking minute. Wait a fucking minute. What uh, do you so mean, today, welcome to Left Unread? Today on my show, Left Unread, um, fuck got you. a very no, special fuck, guest. Go fuck yourself. Go very fuck yourself. Very special guest. Uh, no. His name's Evan. No. There's He's, no guests. I met no, him. I'm one of the co-hosts. I'm a co-host. Again? Where did we meet again? Oh, God. What a funny anecdote. Antic- Listen to me. <laughs> anecdote? <laughs> A derailed. <laughs> yeah, it's when you have an anecdote, but it's it's really whimsical. It's old. It's an anecdote. Oh, I was thinking it was old, like an antique anecdote. Oh, no. An antique, an- antique anecdote. No, I was thinking antics and an anecdote. That's better, yeah. Because yeah. that's the actual word, it's just antic. Antic, yeah, exactly. It's Yeah, it's baked right in, baby. So when was the last time you ate a whole pizza? Well, it depends on what you mean by a whole in pizza. A, in one sitting. Like, what kind... Because, like, I had, like, a small little freezer one during the blizzard. You know what kind I mean. And I didn't do it in one sitting. <laughs> I don't mean, I did, like, a, I did I divide mean, it throughout the day. I don't mean, like, a little personal Red Baron frozen pizza. I mean, like, a pizza. When was, like when was a, the last like time a, you ordered a large pizza and ate the whole thing? Uh... Oh, we did it in New... <laughs> did we do it in... No, we shared pizza that... No, but yeah. when we were in New York, we split, like, a big old pizza and yeah. the fattest meatball grinder. What do they call yeah, their yeah. hero? Fattest hero, meatball yeah. hero of all time. That's I, that it, counts. It, dude, I think. Yeah, that was delicious, dude. That meatball was fucking, fucking good. Yeah, that was. It was better than the pizza at that place. And then yeah, we was, had the yeah. pizza in Queens that my sister's it, that boyfriend recommended. Baller, yeah, yeah. I like literally don't eat pizza much anymore because that shit yeah. was so good. Like I still do, but I, yeah, I I don't know when the last time I've eaten a whole pizza by myself is like mm. a large. I do. Why? Did, did, was it? It today? was. No, 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 no. Uh, it was like three weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm uh we're in a different phase now. I'm feeling too good about myself to be eating whole large pizzas. That's good. I'm happy yeah. for you. So in like the last like week or so, I think combined like having this as a project. Now granted, mm-hmm. this is a very different tune than I was singing to you earlier via text and we can discuss that. Uh, yeah, you were having <laughs> you've been having the classic American college experience in your return to college. Yeah. So I started I started grad school slow. Like I'm taking one course and studying for some exams and things like that so I can get certified to be a teacher everyone. That's my goal. Uh and it's Loser. just been uh miserable every step of the way. Like every possible yeah. like bureaucratic hiccup that could occur has occurred. So it's been like five different things and so Evan being the supportive <laughs> friend that he is like every time I tell him he's just like uh, owned like and finally today he was like he was like I just want you to know like I do feel bad for you that this keeps happening but it does make me laugh every time like it's yeah like, like I'm fucking di- every time like because it'll be like it, it's a classic cam texting move where like all of a sudden you look up and you have like seven texts on your yeah, phone and it'll be like say. the first two are like one word each and then there's a big block text yeah. and then there's like a few more little ones and it's just like watching him like actively go through the like the stages of grief to some new bullshit yeah that he just had to deal with from like what you know his college and i'm just like dying laughing i'm like this seems really frustrating but at the same time (laughs) (laughs) yeah like it's fun to watch you go through it yeah (laughs) Um, well because i also know that in like three hours you'll be over it so well it's it's a like i said to you earlier like once i actually like resolve whatever crisis has arrived 
I agree with you. It's hysterical. Like, it is yeah. funny. It's just in the moment. Like, I'm not good with uh, last-minute changes of plan. Um, yeah. And what that usually means is I just don't make plans. So for the last 10 years, I've been <laughs> sitting in my room looking at a wall, just like just like not doing anything. And, yeah, th- um, there was like a period of time where I think you flaked like five or six times in a yeah. row. I, I, the, I, like the day of, you're like, hey, so, uh, I'm, and I'm just like, I already know what you're going to say. It's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. I just I, I had a hard time doing anything. Yeah. I'm very anxious. I don't know if you guys have been able to tell through the show at this point, but I'm a neurotic yeah. person. Um, I get nervous. But so anyway, we're doing things, and uh, it finally having. So I think the podcast was like the catalyst for it in a way. I guess that's the reason I brought it up because yeah, um, this is something we talked about doing for a long time, and then yep. we're, we we're doing it. And this is episode fifty. Yeah, we've done fifty episodes of this show. Number 50, baby. Our one-year anniversary uh, of release is Valentine's Day, I'm pretty sure. No, it's not a release. We've, we talked about this like two weeks ago. I, I know. I believe it but... was the 15th. Okay, 15th day after 16th. Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we've been working on it for already over a year. That was in yeah. October, mid-October that we passed Yeah, October, that. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think finally I was just like, all right, if me and my like dumbest friend can do... Okay, hold so- up. You're the dumbest friend. Yeah, but I can't call myself my dumbest friend. But I'm not your dumbest friend. You definitely have way dumber friends. Most of my friends are pretty smart. And I'm pretty smart. So Yeah, you are, me. but that doesn't mean you're not the dumbest of them. But I'm not the dumbest of them. Sounds like something the dumbest one would say. I'm no, just no, saying. Well, something that, no, no, that's I can not think what of, the dumbest I, one would I, say. Let me put it to you this way. If any of our other smart friends were put to that same question, they'd be like, oh, yeah, no, that's me. And that, yeah. to me, would be a sign of intelligence. And your refusal to accept... The title because, of I, dumbest? because I know some of your friends and they're dumb as shit. You're sounding pretty dumb right now. I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, here we are. And then I was like, I'm going to go back to school and uh, back in school and, and, and life is good. But also, I've been in front of this computer for like seven hours at this point, except for a break to play Paper Mario. So uh, let's talk about Rome. No, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> Honestly, at this point, Cam... You've said enough, and uh, yeah, I've heard enough. Six-minute episode. Cam shows his whole asshole. My whole point is this: if I sound a little manic, it's because I'm actually because you are manic. I am. Well, I might be, but I'm also actually <laughs> busy for the first time in like years, like working full time at a dead end job, but then also doing things, and uh, and so yeah, so we're we're ready to rock. I'm ready to rock. Evan, are you ready to rock? I'm here, aren't I? I don't sit down That's to not podcast. not what I asked, brother. I don't rock. sit down to podcast. No, no, no. ready to oh. rock. When I sit down to podcast, I'm in the fucking bone zone, baby. <laughs> We're ready to go. Cock lock, I'm ready to rock. I fucking rock right. hard. I ate my blue chew. I fucking... <laughs> <laughs> the tea is fucking pumping through my veins, <laughs> There dog. is There is I some Benefil fucking... coming out of my ears, yeah. brother. <laughs> yeah, dude. My The palpitations in my heart are sending me to ni- an entirely different plane of existence. Let's fucking talk. About Julius fucking Caesar. So welcome to the show, Evan, our uh, our our resident okay, no, don't, our resident generic Viagrazar. Uh, he is yeah. he is the man. Oh, no, no, generic. I do generics. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Generic Viagra, which oh, is okay. Sildenafil. Or Tadalafil. One of the two. I think Sildenafil is is. And Tadalafil is the other one. Is um Cialis. Oh, nice. I'm just preparing for the future. 
Like, I, I want to know, like, what I'm going to take. <laughs> oh, I've I, already done my research for yeah, what my dick's I'm ready. Be. Like, I know yeah. I'm concerned about, you know, heart problems. I'm, I'm, I, I'm worried about all of it. But, uh, you know, at the same time, <laughs> here's the thing. You know me. I'm a total hypo... Excuse me. A total hypochondriac. <laughs> I'm a total hypochondriac. But if the day comes when I can't get a boner, for non-emotional reasons, uh, I will risk everything. One and of my start taking just pills. Set off fireworks. Are you sure it was fireworks? I have. Pew. You sure it wasn't an ICBM? If it is, fucking send it right here, baby. You sure it's not the World War Three between the U.S. and Ukraine and Russia? <laughs> so, speaking of which, the the Biden administration had a really bad press day today. So yeah. everybody should just go go look at. It. It's very very funny. I'm yeah, not gonna get into it. it, it it's, yeah, it's Jen, Jen. How do you say Psaki or just Saki? I think it's Psaki. Is it just Saki? I always want to say Psaki, but I guess Psaki. you don't say Pfizer. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm sure we have more to talk about, but we're almost yeah. ten minutes in. Why don't we just start yeah, the let's show? Just get want, to it. You yeah, want to start the show? It. Yeah. All right, let's start the show. talk about somebody um and evan this might be new to you i'm not sure if you've heard of this guy but we're going to talk about somebody that i think a lot of our listeners who are maybe a little more versed in history and roman history sure. um than you are likely to be at least sort of tangentially familiar with um we're talking about gaius julius caesar he's the Yuli- pizza guy right gaius julius caesar yeah he's, he's the, the pizza guy he's the, and salad, the salad guy, guy. He's the section guy, uh, if you want to cut a baby out of a lady and keep oh, her yeah, alive yeah. afterwards. He's the guy Which, who came you know, up with that. you got to really like a lady if you want to keep her alive after you take the baby out. But um, that's how I was born. Just so all the listeners know, I'm a proud <laughs> yeah, cesarean Just, just a little anatomical history of Cameron the host. I was two feet long at birth, and that's true. Full head he of hair, full mouth of teeth. formed as he is now, but just no beard. Yeah, uh, yeah I had no beard. Um, I just, just had... like Imagine like a six foot four baby. I had more pubes than any baby you've ever seen, but I had no, uh, and I had a, a nevus, but I didn't have anything. <laughs> still else. do too. You still have. No, the I actually nevus. didn't have that at birth. That that honestly, I didn't get that until I was uh, went through puberty. I didn't even have the birthmark. Like once I went through puberty, I I'm grew. I grew like a caveman's so like, over so one like, shoulder. So like most kids are getting like peach fuzz, you know, most boys, and then but oh no, then I went you, through you that get too. To peach fuzz across your shoulder. It yeah. just starts coming out. I I went through all the normal things earlier than everyone else. I was six feet tall in fifth grade. I had pimples before everyone else. <laughs> I, I was, I you know, all of it, and also got weird chest hair. It was. Uh, I, I was blessed. What can I say? And yeah. uh, 
the thing is, God gives you his greatest challenges so that you can overcome them and become someone like me. And sometimes you don't overcome them. Yeah, oftentimes you don't. And, you and then you're just a weird someone asshole like, me. like you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You just end up kind of a weird fucking guy. And here we are, you know, yeah. me and one of my uh, few <laughs> friends doing a show. So, anyway. Dwindling few over the years. There'll be time for crying later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you've heard of the guy. You know, he's the salad guy. He's the $5 pizza guy. Um, if you've gone a step further and studied any Western history, you probably know uh, a bit more about him, um, how he laid the groundwork for the death of the Roman Republic, say, and the foundation of the empire, uh, which would truly begin under his, his grand nephew and adopted heir, Augustus, who we also occasionally call Octavian. I think we called him Octavian in the last episode. Same guy. Yeah, we've, we've discussed him without actually discussing him. Uh, he's, I think that maybe like 100th episode, episode, we should do like a whole Augustus arc where you and I just like dive into every aspect of him because he's, mm. he's clearly like our favorite historical figure. Or he's, he's one mine. of mine. He's, he's on the he's, list. I mean, sure. he's one of mine, but I wouldn't say he's my favorite historical figure. Well, yours is probably like some CIA operative from the fucking 80s who like put LSD in kids' school lunches. Like you... you... Well, that wouldn't be my favorite. I mean, I do have a begrudging respect for uh, Mick George Bundy just for being a dude <laughs> no. with the first name Mick, Mick George. George. <laughs> Which I... Dude, I can't fucking stop Let's laughing see. I'll get a one twenty piece nugget. I'll have a McDouble. <laughs> and then give me a McGeorge. But can we add yeah, mayonnaise dude. to that? I just... I can't fucking get over the fact that somebody said, what if we name him McGeorge? That way it's yeah. not just a George. Yeah. Here's the thing, man. Parents didn't start loving their kids until like the yeah. late 80s. It's it, it just is what it is. You know? Yeah. If you name your kid McGeorge, that's a sign of disrespect immediately. That's yeah. like he comes out of the Mc... womb and you're just like, shut the fuck up. It is, <laughs> it is the most it's the most mid-20th century American name yeah, that could possibly ever exist. McGeorge Bundy. Yeah, there's absolutely no excuse for an act of disrespect. For, so like I definitely that. have a begrudging respect for him just for having that name. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, anyway, we like Augustus. We should we'll yeah, do an Augustus yeah. episode at some point, but maybe, we've been maybe. trying to do weirder shit until then because Augustus it's like objectively honestly, though, just like a Chad. Uh, yeah, and all honestly though, I'd say probably my favorite historical figure is Napoleon. I've, Napoleon's, I've become a Napoleon guy. Yeah, Napoleon is is worthy of that. I'd say Napoleon's yeah. on my my list too. I would say mine is actually Genghis Khan, but they're all yeah, kind of yours is definitely same. Genghis Khan. Yours, uh, yeah, it's been Genghis Khan since I've known you. Yeah, you, there's never been a time, and it's that's yeah. another another person that I've put off talking about because like. Yeah. Once I get going on my Genghis, it's gonna yeah. be once you once you get your Genghis. G- once Gungus. I get on a hot Genghis roll, there's <laughs> yeah. not much that can slow me down. So I've just been putting it off. But like Augustus is up there, uh, Napoleon's up there. So we've got all these like big big people, and you're like what? dudes who killed a lot. Of dudes. You guys did an episode on Tiberius already, and you and Domitian, <laughs> and you haven't. It's like yeah, man, because we want to work the kinks out. We want to get better at being podcast guys. Well, well, also, I mean, I loved him. I probably like Domitian more than Augustus, just because he's overlooked. You know. He's like my sweet little baby that's overlooked. Well, I just like their earlier stuff. You know, I, I understand that like they really developed on he, later records, but I just I just feel like the earlier stuff really expresses what it means to be, 
you know, really. It was later than the Ghostbusters. I know, but I'm making a point that that's like that's a, a hip, bad point. That's, no, but it's a hipster. It's a really, it's a hipster, that's a really bad it's a hipster take way to on make Roman a point, history. Dude. Totally it's a hipster take. mixing up. You the, are the so divergent that you can't escape the specifics. Totally mixing when the point up that I'm the making, analogy, I, dude. I think the point that I'm making Dog will be analogy. completely clear to the listener. They will understand Dog that what I meant analogy. was you are a Roman history hipster. And you're just like choosing a guy. And I get it. Domitian's interesting, for sure. And I made the case that Tiberius was my favorite emperor. Also a hipster take. These are bad takes. There's bad only takes. one answer. There's only one answer. No. There's not, no, it's not a bad take. First Neither is the of these best. are bad takes. Whoever you find interesting, just find interesting. You don't have to pick but the, Augustus. But was he the best? Was he the best? Uh, nobody said that. Was now you're changing. You're moving the goalposts, you stupid fuck. Do your fucking episode. Do your fucking episode. Hey so folks, anyway. so welcome back um, <laughs> from our uh, Holt music. <laughs> yeah, we, we actually, our in-house therapist uh, spent a good 45 minutes now just walking Evan and I through the <laughs> abusive tendencies in our yeah, relationship. The, the codependency We've, of our... Well, our, well our, we our are rapid. not reconciled. We have agreed to terms which will allow us to finish... We're holding hands right now as we finish this episode. We are mutually masturbating over Skype, uh, which will hopefully okay. allow us to calm down enough to... Um, that will that will eventually be a the video of that will eventually okay, be a Patreon. Okay, tier. I'll come clean. I'm mutually masturbating. Evan is watching an episode of a show he likes. Uh, it's TNG. Arrested Development. It would be TNG. Let's be honest. Oh well, it would be Deep if, Space Nine if I'm watching Star Trek. Oh, because now you're on Deep Space Nine. That's right. Well, no, I finished Deep Space Nine a while ago. But that's that your favorite? favorite. Yeah. <sighs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I haven't watched. Although TNG is great, dude. You know what? TNG is always good to throw on, you know what I mean? That's kind of what I was like. I, I'm not a big Star Trek episodes, guy, but yeah. I watch TNG like in the background. It's yeah. it's a background show for me. I'm oh, not. It a, washes over you, yeah. yeah. It very much washes the Stentonian voice of Patrick Stewart. Absolutely, it's like a like a warm blanket. This episode's anyway. going to be so fucking long. Um, I, know, let's I talk actually don't care though because I think it's solid gold so far. Um, <laughs> all right, so like I said, you've heard of him, uh, Augustus. Um, also, you may have heard of the Shakespeare play Julius Caesar, which is where the famous line et tu brute comes from. That's another sort of zeitgeisty uh, Caesar-related adjacent thing, um, which is a fun play. It's actually a great play, and it's very stabby in the way that only Shakespeare could pull off and have it still be really fucking fun. Um, but truthfully, like his entire life story is pretty interesting. Um and like we say so often when we do Rome episodes, we could absolutely do an entire show just about... Off the cuff. Yeah, like <laughs> about a lot of this stuff. Like hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. <laughs> um, and in fact, I wanted to take a moment to just say that that show totally exists. Uh, it's called The History of Rome. And I'm not going to say that it's like the most accurately researched or the most whatever, but it's, it's definitely the first... Uh, podcast that i ever listened to but it's also like the first history yeah. podcast and mike duncan who made that show makes a show called revolutions which is really good um and i think he would be the first one to say that he's not like some professional historian but he he presented roman history in a way that reinvigorated my interest in it post-college i listened to that whole show from start to finish so if you guys want like a long-form version of any of this check that show out i mean and again he'll make it clear to you as you're listening like when he fucks up and when he doesn't do things you know super rigorously but for the casual listener i think it's anybody who really, reads really that much livy i gotta give a shout out to yeah he he, he Libby's dives, not easy to read <laughs> he dives extremely deep <clears throat> and uh you know to his credit he made a very listenable show 
15 years ago when podcasts yeah. were just like not a medium. <coughs> um, excuse me. So check out Mike Duncan, History of Rome. Um, but my point is, I could do 10 episodes just on today's topic. Um, I've whittled it down to two. I know we said we were going to do four Rome episodes. I'm going to make this two. They might not be consecutive. I don't really have interest in doing another series like Sengoku or whatever, but um, it might happen. They might be consecutive. Evan and I will talk and we'll see what works because I've got it mostly written. Um, But I feel like it's easier to digest in like a a shorter hour-long episode than making some marathon two-hour-long this is Julius Caesar. That nobody uh, listens to anyway. Yeah, exactly. The long nobody ones, likes, I feel like people Nobody likes like, the two-hour episodes. Nobody goes for them. So, you know, I want to give you guys what you want. It's pretty clear. You want the meaty bits, the juiciest, most delectable portions, the sumptual and sweaty sexual center that draws you in and leaves you begging for more. <sighs> <laughs> yep. And clearly, That's what you want. <laughs> and everybody, I, we actually got a great... Um, like an immediately great response to the Macedonian Wars episode. And so thank you as always for listening to that. Um, and I think that's largely because people like hearing about fucking ancient wars. I think that's yeah. a big drawing point. Uh, yeah, I so, think a lot of people were locked inside too last weekend. So that's true. Uh, especially on the Eastern seaboard. I hope you yeah. guys are all doing okay. It seems like everyone is. It's not like the outside world was looking at it like snowpocalypse, <laughs> but then it's like, I don't know. It was, it was pretty sucked. bad down here. Yeah, oh, it was worse up here. We had much more snow than you guys, but it was, you know. I think the South Coast had the worst. No. The South Coast and the Cape. We had like over two feet. So did we. We had almost three. Really? Yeah. Oh, nice. No, the epicenter of the storm was like Boston Harbor and outward. I was in the the danger zone. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I was in the extreme. Yes, yes. Yeah, we were, we were in the extreme extreme. Uh, I was in the level extreme. 10 Super Saiyan extreme. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you got to calm down now. We're 20 minutes in. We got a lot yeah. to cover. So let's, uh, okay, Cam. Okay, Cam. Just let Evan, just let him get away with it. And just, we just don't worry about it tonight. Um, so we got another doozy for you this week. And uh, then I'm going to take a break from Western European white guys fucking massacring people and we're going to talk about other shit we're going to talk about uh some spy shit again which we love to do and uh i don't know i might do another like uh another like uh kind of true crime stabby type episode that might work i don't know uh so buckle up dust off your veni vidi vici chest tattoo get yourself a bunch of grapes and wine and recline in opulence as we discuss the Gallic Wars, also known as Julius Caesar's French Holiday. And this track is dedicated to all the ladies out there who like to go to the movies, you know, especially you, girl. Let me take it to the movies, sure, I'm sure later on you will be my baby. Let's sit down and just be by my side. I got the popcorn, I know what I do like. Let me take it to the movies, sure, I'm sure later on you will Hey shawty, you're really looking nice Let me take you to the movie Cause I know you like You got nothing to worry about Hold the popcorn and the drink Let me pay the money so we can get in Now hold my hand And take a step through the door Be careful don't fall Let's sit on those two chairs alone Watching a movie So we can see what's going on If you don't like to watch You can lean on my chest Take a rest and do your best Baby girl
Um, so, full disclosure, uh, this episode was originally supposed to be one episode. And like I do often, at the last minute, I realized I had like 20 pages. And I, I wanted to... talk about this, right? What'd you say? <laughs> Didn't you just talk about this? Whatever. I edit the show, dude. I can fucking take out whatever I want. So what do we make a time marker here? Twenty-one thirty-one. Double check and edit out whatever. I'm just busting your chops. You can leave it in. It's unacceptable. You will not. <laughs> um, I'm not going to give anything close to an exhaustive bio on Julius Caesar, but I did realize that I wanted to put like something about his pedigree in because when I was <laughs> reading what I had written. I realized that it was uh, very weird not to have it in there. So, um, so yeah. Um, but truthfully... <laughs> <laughs> God damn, dude. You just dissociated completely. Yeah, I just dissolved into nothing. Um, no, there's not a lot, there's not a lot to say about... <laughs> There's not a lot to say about Julius Caesar's early life. Um, his childhood is, like, mostly unknown. Um, and then, you know, his, like, early career, it, it wasn't super distinguished. And he really came into his own in, like, his 30s and 40s. Um, but that being said, there's still, like, a fuck ton to say. And it's it's going to be too long anyway. But I, I do feel like we need to kind of talk about who this guy is. Um, I know you've all heard his name. But we're going to like just like kind of run through why he was important. And Evan, a lot of these are super quick points. So if at any point you want to dive in and add, because I know you know about all this shit, like please don't hesitate. I, I really want your uh, input here. Well, or if I, if I fucked it. anything up. So <clears throat> I'm going to withhold. <laughs> don't hold back. Let out all your power. Yeah. Nope. I'm going to make you guys ask for it. <laughs> um. So Julius Caesar was born on the 12th of July in 100 BC into an old... (laughs) We use BCE on this show. Oh, that's right. And I do that throughout the whole rest of the episode. But, uh, yeah, I didn't there. Fuck, I didn't expect it to be that soon. That's okay. I did just give him license, so that's okay. Yep. All right. Why don't we start from the beginning again? All right, 23 minutes. Let's scrap it and go back. Okay. So welcome to Left on Red. We're going to talk about yeah, Julius Caesar. Yeah, 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 yeah. uh, so he was born <laughs> the 12th of July, 100 BCE. Um, and something actually that I meant to put in here and I didn't. Um, July didn't used to be called July. And the reason it's called July is because Julius Caesar was born in July. And then they renamed it July after Julius Caesar. And June is from the Junius family. Yeah. July is from the Julius family. August is from Augustus. Augustus, yeah. And... Uh, yeah, a lot of our English months also come from, or no, the days of the week come from the Norse gods. Oh yeah, and before any fucking, some of them Norse, some of them also uh, Roman gods, like Saturday, Saturn. Um, yeah. But also before any fucking people were like, oh, they they didn't insert the months, and that's why you know October is the tenth, not the eighth. It was that there was an interstitial period. March was the first month. Yeah. And there was an interstitial period in the calendar that wasn't any months. They were kind of like just... It, it was, was it was like by, empty space. It was like... Yeah, and it was decided by exist. the priests, kind of. And so right. the first month was March. And so they didn't insert months. They just renamed the months that were there. Yeah. So still September at this time, even after July become, it becomes July and August, August. September was still the 7th. October was still the 8th. November the 9th, December the 10th. 
It was just eventually when that interstitial period became the beginning of the year, that's when the two months were added. Yeah. And so we call that original version that Rome would go on to use the Julio-Claudian calendar because Claudius and, and it was named after Julius Caesar. And then... Uh, well, it's usually just Julian. The Julian calendar. Am I just being an idiot and thinking about the I, I, I have dynasty? never heard it called Julio-Claudian calendar. <laughs> I've only ever heard Julian... <laughs> I think I'm just stupid. I, I, I think you just made that <laughs> and then, up. Bro. And then what is it? Uh, it's some... Uh, Gregorian. Gregorian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. <coughs> yeah, I'm qualified to teach this class. No problem. Um, yeah, so, anyway, so I'm in grad school, guys. <laughs> hey, guys. I'm going to be a teacher one day. Everything's fine. Um, <clears throat> so you might remember way back when, when I discussed Roman naming conventions um, in the Tiberius episodes, his full name is Gaius Julius Caesar, Gaius Julius Caesar. If, um, if you're going to do the, the classical Latin, it's Caius. Caius Julius Caesar. Caius Julius Caesar. You, you told me, you told me though. Yeah. And okay. I'm, it doesn't mean that I can't, for poetic and, and flavor purposes, be fucking pissed about it. <laughs> <laughs> I asked you to do it, and I'm going to react how I react. Yeah. Uh, Julius was his gens, or gens, his family title. Uh, the, the gens Julia. Um, he was of the Julii clan. Um, you would have called him Gullius. Gullius. Oh man, I'm brain dead. You would have called him Gaius, which was his praenomen, um, which is like the equivalent of like what we would consider a first name. Um, Caesar was his his cognomen, um, which is sort of like descriptor names that were added like sort of later in Latin history, um, and they're originally introduced because Romans basically all had the same like six names. Um, and women were even worse because they don't have like the triple triple name. They're just called yeah, like yeah. You, you would never call somebody by their first name unless they were like an immediate family member. Yeah, the, like his familiars. Like yeah. if you were friends with him, you'd call him Gaius. Um, yeah, and and there's so few that like when you read like books about this shit, oftentimes you can just abbreviate the first name. You only have yeah. to put the whole thing, and you know what it is. Like a C is always Caius, a mm -hmm. CN is always Naeus. Uh, M is like Marcus. Uh, I think M apostrophe is like fucking what was that like? Uh, I, I don't remember. But you, you can Marcellus? always tell like no, Marcellus was a was a given yeah. name. Yeah, uh, was it know. Manius? Maybe Manius was Maybe. M apostrophe something like that. Um, shit like that. You know, yeah. But so they added these uh, cognomens later because they needed to like differentiate the names more so they could like tell who they were talking about. But then the problem was they just like immediately became the actual same thing with names. them and they were like okay yeah, yeah like uh so kaisar became like a branch of the julian family um and there's sort of a a fun fact it it either meant harry um, <laughs> yeah. and they think that it was because some great 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 grandfather of his had a big thick head of hair or uh it was a reference to somebody having been born via cesarean section which were practiced in rome um not as successfully as they are now the the woman often died but if she was dying in childbirth as a last resort they would remove the child to see if it would live um and people still to this day i remember learning like early on like oh yeah they named the cesarean section after julius caesar not true yeah. it was it was proposed even back then that it was maybe one of his distant ancestors and that's why the name came out <coughs> cuz yeah. uh the word from latin that it's derived means to cut yep uh, or that his great-grandfather had killed an elephant in the Punic Wars uh, because mm -hmm. Caesae was uh, Phoenician for elephant. 
Um, that's the least likely, but the one that Caesar liked the most for obvious Especially because he was a bald motherfucker. So. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't want to be called uh, Julius the Hairy. Um, he he yeah. had a comb forward, which is still popular in the south coast of Massachusetts to this day. <laughs> um, he so also the, had like a weird, like I like that the actual, probably the bust of him. That's the real one is the Tusculum bust where he has this like weird like. Uh, some kind of, like, in the, his head? It's like a deformation in his skull. Yeah. Which is why it's like very asymmetrical in one side that like really comes out yeah, a lot. It sucks, man. It makes me so uncomfortable. I hate deformed people. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ, bro. Um, <clears throat> fuck. Anyway. Some might call your Nevis a deformity, so. Yeah, you would. Yeah, some people on this podcast might <laughs> so, call it that. Some people, like you specifically, would yeah, like, absolutely yeah. marginalize me for my physical differences. Um, I'm sorry, man, but it's weird. Yeah, fair enough, man. <laughs> I remember one time, like, insinuating that you had slightly crooked teeth and you got so mad at me. You were like, my teeth are fine. The dentist said my teeth were fine. When I was a kid, they said my teeth were fine. Not no, a big deal. They actually tried to. They tried, they tried to, to give, give me braces. braces. They wouldn't even work because my teeth were too straight. The braces no. broke. Fuck off. <laughs> Yeah, my teeth are great. Yeah, no, they're fine. It's just like, I think I was literally retaliating to Nevis hate. And you yeah. were like, no, 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 that's not actually the same thing. No, you can't stupid, talk about you gotta my find something because, better. You gotta find no, something better nose, because actually dude, I have My nose is teeth. the thing. I know these are fine. I know the doctor even said, they said, your teeth are fine, your teeth are fine. And The so, nose is the thing that you should go just after. Just so you all have an idea of what I've been dealing with for a decade. That's it. Uh, so the Julii were an ancient family, which in Rome meant a certain guaranteed prestige. It's one of the most important things that you can have if you're going to be an important Roman, is that your family's old and they've been around since the foundation of Rome. Uh, however, they were no longer a fabulously wealthy family and no longer super politically enfranchised as a result. Um, and unfortunately, that's the number one thing. And if you want to trump having an old family... The best thing you can do in Rome is have a rich family because they are uh, a plutocracy. Yeah. Uh, if you had both and you were someone like Marcus Licinius Crassus, well, fuck. Uh, not man. the same Crassus as last week. No. This is the Crassus that most people know about who will become uh, sort of a figure in this story later. Um, you're unstoppable, basically. You're just rich and your family's old and you can just basically do whatever the fuck you want in ancient Rome. Um, we don't know much about little baby Caesar, uh, but he had a lot going on around him that we do know about. So when he was nine, the social war broke out. Now, the social war was an uprising of non-Latin Italians, uh, which we mentioned last <coughs> week, who had long chafed under the yoke of Roman domination under the consolidate or after the consolidation of the peninsula in previous centuries. Um, we talked about the fact that Italy was not comprised of Romans or even Latin-speaking people. It was comprised of Etruscans and Ligurians. And um, who were the people in the south that I always forget? The Sabines. The Sabines, but uh, they were like the first mercenaries you can recruit in uh, Rome Total War. Uh, it doesn't matter. There's other people in Italy, and and they've all sort of been chafing under the fact that they're they've long been most of the population of what we would now consider Roman society, but they are not citizens because they are not Romans. Um, this conflict lasted like four years and saw sweeping social reforms, uh, which granted <coughs> the expanded rights of citizenship to non-Roman Italians. So after this, during Julius Caesar's early lifetime, uh, most Italians are now considered citizens, which is a big deal in Rome. Um, prior to this, you had to be literally from like the city of Rome and its surrounding mm -hmm you know, municipalities 
to be a Roman, and everyone else was still considered an outsider, even though for centuries they had been... They'd certainly been dying for Rome. They had been. They could be conscripted into the legions and things like that, so... Um, and then uh, Caesar's aunt marries Gaius Marius. Uh, we talked about Marius last week as well. Mm. He's a general and a massively mm. powerful man. Uh, he reformed the legions into legions. Um, yes. And so this this boosted the family's reputation, um, just having this association with the most powerful man in Rome. Um, so Caesar was 12 when the epic struggle between Marius and another immensely powerful dude, uh, who wasn't quite as powerful as he would be but was on the rise, uh, Lucius Cornelius Sulla, uh, yes. Broke into civil war. Hell yes. Yes, yeah, Sulla is. Hell yes, I love Sulla, dude. Big swinging dick in Roman history. Yeah, dude, he's he's probably the coolest Roman ever. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, he's on the list. I think him yeah. and um, Scipio Africanus are like yeah. kind of tied for and me. And Belisarius. Uh, well, Belisarius, yeah. If you could, if yeah. you include him, um, yeah. he was he was Latin born. You know, he was a Latin. I mean, he was still Roman. I know yeah. at that point it was Byzantine, but still Roman. Yeah, Belisarius is definitely on the short list. Yeah. Constantine is another good one. Yeah, Constantine is cool as shit. But Sulla's on the short list, and frankly, yeah. so is Caesar. I mean, Caesar. Yeah. Caesar's definitely on the short list. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, but I mean, dude, you've so, all heard of like, Caesar, like. I mean, dude. So the crazy thing about Caesar, like this time, like I would say that if you asked, if you did like a survey of Western people of Western European descent, um, if they had ever heard the names Julius Caesar, uh, Mar- Mark Antony, Marcus yeah. Antonius, yeah. and Cleopatra, I-, I would say definitely the majority have absolutely heard of those people. All three. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's really crazy to think about. I would say definitely like, Cleopatra and Caesar before Mark Antony. I think Mark Antony, too. Everybody's heard of Mark yeah. Antony. Well, it's just because everybody knows an Italian guy named Mark Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's part of it. I, 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 I think most people have definitely also heard of, they might not be able to tell you much about him, but that he was involved with Cleopatra. And yeah. Caesar. You know true. what I mean? That's, that's crazy. Cause like, I don't know, like what other ancient people are like that, you know, like Socrates, like Alexander, that's the Great. true. Alexander, the great, even Alexander, the great, honestly, these days, there are yeah, people I mean, who don't know who nowhere near is. as much. Yeah. But that's like Genghis Khan. People have definitely heard of Genghis Khan. But that's not ancient. I guess that's medieval, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's way after. Uh, uh, Achilles, Hercules. Well, Hercules wasn't real. Achilles probably wasn't real. So I guess yeah. we're going back into like antiquity. The, yeah, the, yeah. So I guess of real people, yeah, yeah. Like that's crazy. <laughs> and you know what? They're on the short list with Jesus. Like, yeah. You know, and this is all before Jesus. Yeah, we're pre-Jesus. Just I know before. a lot of people don't like to think about that. That's pre-Jesus. <coughs> Um, <clears throat> anyway, so anyway, I've always thought that was really crazy. Well, this is actually, this would have, in hindsight, when I was like, just quickly touching on this, I was like, I should have done the civil war between Marius and Sulla. Cause it's like mm-hmm. the fucking best. It's, yeah. it's a precursor to everything everyone's heard of. And it's literally like, um, it's like, if you found out that like before Darth Vader fought Obi-Wan yeah. Kenobi, there were like two way cooler guys who fucking yeah. set the groundwork for that and fought each other in a way Dude, better way. When, when just... fucking Sulla just decides like, fuck it, I'm going to be a legend. And he just marches onto Rome and yeah. then crosses the like that, you know, the line, I forget what it's called, but that line that separates like, like Rome yeah. from like this inner area of Rome. Yeah. That like is like oh, sacred gosh. and holy. And he just fucking marches his He crosses the, the... Oh, God, what is it yeah. called? What is it? I can't think of it right now. I know they talk about Caesar crossing the Rubicon. 
Yeah. Uh, that'll happen next episode. So we're yeah. Not yeah, I know. I can't. I can't think of it either. It's so stupid. Yeah, but it's I like really the wish. demarcation between like yeah. the, it's the city limits basically. It, it's, it's it's like the sacred center of Rome. Yeah, and he just marches into it, and then he just posts a list of conscriptions. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like yeah. Yeah, he was so, he was the real deal. Yeah. Yeah, Julius Caesar was almost conscripted. It's something about the girl that just makes my head wanna twirl. Oh, you got me want to tell all them other girls. There's nothing else better on this world. The moment I seen her, I was in shock. Um, so anyway, there's this huge civil war between Marius, who, uh, served as consul seven times, which was not a thing prior to him. Um, and he was definitely the first of the, like, or I don't know, I would say the first of the sort of, like, proto-imperial figures. Marius? Um, yeah. Yeah. He's not as powerful as, like, Augustus or later, or later guys will be, even Sulla and Caesar. Um, mm-hmm. But he was certainly more personally powerful than any Roman had been since the fall of the, the monarchy. And so Sulla takes shit a step further. And after years of fighting, and uh, he was initially defeated by Marius and um, was clearly in the early battles kind of outclassed because, I mean, Marius is fucking Marius. Like, we talk yeah, about Sulla, Sulla was his lieutenant. Yeah, yeah, Sulla was great, but if Marius hadn't been way older and hadn't died of old age, like, <laughs> Sulla would not have been Sulla. Um, <laughs> So Marius uh, died, um, and eventually uh, Sulla would return to Rome and and wind up becoming dictator in perpetua, yeah. um, not for dictator life. Dictator in perpetua. Yep. Um, so there's more to this, obviously, but in ancient Rome, dictator, um, and this will come up later and when we're talking about caesar and we all think about dictators now as a sort of informal title that we use to describe an absolute ruler but in rome dictator was an actual like official uh senatorially granted title um that in times of crisis when you couldn't deal with the squabbling of two powerful consuls and you needed unilateral decision making and military rule the senate would declare someone dictator to get them through you know an invasion or a particularly bad war um and generally, that was a, a fairly limited term. I think it was six months to a year, depending on when you look at it in history. And then they were expected either to have that title renewed by the Senate or to step down graciously um, once their service was no longer required. And so Sulla um, did this uh, technically, but like after like a, like a decade and a half. Uh, no, not quite even that long. Um, well, no, it was, yeah, it was about 10 years. It was about 10 years. And then of, he steps down and immediately runs for consul and yeah. gets elected. <laughs> yeah. But so he, he, he did step down, but he took like 10 years and he just like purged every political enemy that he had in Rome. He massively consolidated <laughs> power and centralized power. And, and to his credit, actually, um, kind of made Rome more stable than it had been in about a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he retired and, you know, ran for consul and I mean, got elected. Yeah. Um, but so all of this to say, young Julius Caesar grows up with uh, 
the absolute pinnacle of Roman achievement uh, in the eyes of a young man being this sort of pseudo-monarchical personal power and military achievement. Um, and I got to just like blast through the next couple things because it's still a lot to go through. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so he serves his first military posting in Asia, which was the Roman province that they used to describe um, Turkey or Anatolia. Um, when he was 20, went over and served in the military, which every Roman man who wanted to enter politics had to do. If you wanted to become a political figure in Rome, you you had to have served in the military. Um, and with his familial connections, he began attempting to ascend the cursus honorum, which was the traditional path that a political figure in Rome would ascend uh, from the bottom all the way to the top. Um, and, you know, acquiring the various political offices therein. Um, he made a name for himself at this time as an orator and a lawyer, um, two incredibly important starting points in a Roman man's career. In addition to being in the military, uh, he would then continue to have minor military postings periodically and find himself occasionally elected to political office. Uh, one fun story during this time, um, he became acquainted, uh, with, oh, I'm sorry. I actually wrote one fun story too soon. So ignore that. Cause that was supposed to be later. Uh, during this time he became acquainted with Mark Antony, who we just mentioned. Um, also with Crassus, Ponius. Marcus Licinius Crassus as well. Not the Crassus from last week. No, but the important Crassus. Well, yeah, the Crassus, the, is, that Crassus, the that Crassus, that Crassus, potentially the richest human being ever to have walked the earth. Yeah. Uh, and Gnaeus Pompey Magnus, which was actually like Gnaeus Pompeius Magnus. Yeah. Um, Pompey the Great. Pompey the Great. Um, and these are all really important guys who could have their own episodes, especially Pompey and Mark Antony. Yeah, because, um, yeah, uh, yeah, Pompey had those imperial ambitions as well. Like, he definitely, he like, did. cultivated, like, Eastern, soon. like, mystery cults about him. Like, he had that whole, like, sort of, like, the god worship thing, too, that would, you know, become one of the staples of the emperors. Yeah, so. he, 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 I think he peaked too soon. He yeah. was a subordinate of Sulla and won yeah. some substantial military victories in the East, especially, and was one of the greatest Roman generals of all time. The problem is he was sandwiched between Sulla and Caesar. Yeah. And and he was a lot older than he Caesar. He was a lot yeah. older than Caesar um, and would unfortunately end up getting kind of eclipsed by mm-hmm. both his predecessors and his, his yeah. what do you call the person who comes after successors successor Uh, (laughs) and so if you watch the show rome which we'll talk a little bit about in a little bit um the first season is totally devoted and it's fucking awesome to the standoff between pompey and and caesar and it really is like the clash of the titans it's like the old he was a consul of rome (laughs) (laughs) so fucking good it's so fucking good um, we'll get to that because yeah. there might be a part three in six months. I'm not going to do like a big series on this right now, but yeah. when we talk about anyway, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, they're going to fucking duke it out, but it doesn't matter. Um, so what I meant to say when I said one fun story, uh, so one time during this period, Caesar anecdotally was kidnapped by pirates in the Mediterranean yeah. and was held on an island for ransom. Um, and a- according to his own autobiography, he ended up uh, befriending them. And having a pretty nice time hanging out and drinking and and swapping stories and whatever while they sent letters back to Rome demanding ransom for him. Um, and as I said, his family wasn't super wealthy at this point, but they eventually negotiated a price and uh, he was let free. And on parting, he was sort of like, hey, guys, like this was fun. Thanks for being so cool to me. Um, I'll probably come back one day and crucify all of you. <laughs> and they were just like, oh, Caesar, you're such a fucking character. Um, and then he did. Like and immediately. He, did that shit. Like, he went back home. <laughs> 
mustered up a navy, got a force together, went back and killed every single one of them. Um, and I think that's an important anecdote to understand what kind of guy we're talking about. Uh, he could be super charming, super cool. I think that's why that anecdote has survived, whether it's true or not. Because it describes yeah. the fact that he could be very charismatic, very likable, uh, but was absolutely willing to fucking commit just heinous atrocities to get what he wanted. Unless you were his friend. Unless you were actually his friend. And then he would, probably should have done some of those atrocities then. Probably should have. Um, so eventually in 60 BCE, with the support of Crassus and Pompey, Caesar is elected consul. Um, this trio then becomes the first triumvirate, which you guys have probably heard if you've studied any of this. Um, and while they were all rivals on a certain level, um, they had a, a public oath to always back one another in elections and debates and whatever. Um, Pompey was, at this point, the big swinging dick. As we said, he had served in many campaigns under Sulla. And Crassus was rich as fuck. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was, uh, he was inept just... as a general. Yeah, um, he was craven, uh, but he knew how to turn turn some sesterces. Yeah, <laughs> I think we talked about it a little bit last time. But the 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 famous anecdote about Crassus is that he formed yeah. one of the first private fire brigades in Rome, and, and they would just set fires. Well, what they would often do is they would show up. Say, so say there's a fire. <laughs> Yeah. And they show up to the fire and they say, can you pay us to put this out? And if you say no, they would just fucking leave. Or they would beat the shit out of you until you paid yeah. them and then they would put it out sometimes. And then eventually it, it's claimed that they would it's just start racket. setting the fires. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it's not a benevolent thing. Like, founder of the first fire brigade. Yeah, it was... It was no, some... no, he, he, he ran a racket. <laughs> he was like the founder of the mafia more than yeah, anything. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but he was real rich. Yeah. Uh, Caesar of the three is ambitious, he's well-spoken, he's intelligent, but he is clearly the runt. Uh, they've included him because three makes a better balance than two, but um, it's pretty clear that he's not, at this point, the one anyone's worried about. But, which one of the three have you heard of? Right? All three. I've heard of all three. Uh, yeah, you, I know, but I mean the listener. They've heard of Caesar, that's the point I'm trying to make. Um, so the thing is... Well, now, this, that, now they've heard of all three. <laughs> this rise in popularity and prestige... <laughs> Uh, left Caesar in massive debt, particularly getting elected to the consulship. It, you have to spend a lot of money. Like I said, money is king in Rome. Um, it's far and away the most important thing that you can have to further your political career, make friends, bribe officials. Um, it's all super important. Now, obviously, Crassus is a good friend to have. He, like I said, he's the richest guy ever. Uh, but, you know, Caesar finds himself in a lot of debt regardless. Um so this recap is super quick, but it takes us up to 59 and 58 BCE. Um, Caesar has now served as consul. He's had a proconsulship, which is basically a governorship in a foreign territory in further Hispania. Um, and now he just needs two things to kind of achieve his final ambition, um, to become the next Marius or the next Sulla. Uh, he needs a fuckload of cash, and he needs some military conquests, like some serious ones, not just like whipping some pirates. He needs to add territory to Rome. Um, and so he saw his opportunity in the rich and heavily settled lands of Gaul to the north. Now, during the past, the people of Gaul, i.e. the Gauls or the Gallic peoples, um, they were a Celtic people. Now, modern listeners will associate this mainly with the peoples of uh, Ireland and Scotland, 
um, in, in the Isle of Man. Uh, but in ancient times, Celtic culture was, was actually incredibly widespread. So there were Celtic mm. exclaves as far away as Anatolia in modern Turkey. Um, but there were also large settlements of Celtic cultural groups in Hispania, in Germania, in Britannia, in Hibernia, which is Ireland, um, the Swiss Plateau, which is Switzerland, roughly. Um, and then, of course, Gaul. Um, Gallic tribes had been enemies of Rome in the past. They famously sacked the city in 387. Now, this was just one tribe under a chieftain called Brennus. Um, but, you know, Rome yep. never forgets. That's like a thing. Like, they, they don't forget when you fuck them over, and they will remember. Mm -hmm. um, so Gaul as a region roughly corresponds to modern France, Switzerland, and Belgium. Um, not exactly, but that's close enough for our purposes. Yeah. You can picture that on a map. Um, and truthfully, referring to the Gauls at this point was a lot like referring to the Italians or the Germans. Um, it's not like a real thing. There's multiple ethnic groups. Um, there's a shared sort of cultural identity, um, similar art, similar similar language. Um, but the Gauls are comprised of many different tribes with their own dialects, their own governments, their own lands. They fight with each other. They you know, form their own alliances. Uh, the Romans just loved grouping people together um, and calling all of them barbarians. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, so, you know, they have Transalpine Gaul and Cisalpine Gaul. Yeah. And it literally just means like, oh, well, that's the Gaul on this side of the Alps, and that's the yeah. Gaul on that side of the Alps. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's actually also where, uh, and I always think this is interesting, because um, I never made this connection until years later, but when you call people transgender or cisgender, it's the yeah. same word. It means cis means nearer to, trans means further from. It's like cis cisgender means like nearer to expectation, and transgender is further from. Well, it's also about like a orientation of like molecules. You have like trans molecules and cis molecules. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. A, I'm not that smart. I don't know. But I just. I just remember kind of linking those, and I was like, oh. Transalpine Gaul is on the other side. In Swiss. I don't know. Yeah, it's used in chemistry as well. Gotcha. Um, so anyway, uh, Rome likes to call these people barbarians. As I said, Gaul is actually super civilized and, and very wealthy at this point. Um, they're not on par with Rome, but they're in their region. They're, they're a dominant cultural force. Um, they're largely urbanized. They have large, relatively heavily populated settlements. Um, and they're also fairly technologically advanced. Um, and to the Romans, their li lifestyle might have seemed quaint. Um, but in some ways, they surpassed the Romans. Uh, they were they were excellent metal workers. I think they had steel before the Romans. Um, and they were extremely capable traders and fighters. Um, they traded extensively with the British Isles, with the Germans, and obviously with the Romans. Um, and while there were occasional, you know, border conflicts and territorial skirmishes, many Gallic tribes had been peaceful Roman allies for, like, literal centuries at this point. So truthfully, there's there's no, like, genuine cause for a mass invasion of Gaul. <laughs> there's no, like, justifiable reason for Caesar to do this. But hey, where there's a will, there's a way. And, yeah, that's uh, a reason. I don't know what you're talking about. That's yeah. a reason. Oh, he had reasons. But what I'm saying is, like, if you look at it uh, in terms of what was justified, right? They weren't, like, uh, enemies of Rome. These weren't, like, ancient enemies. Caesar needed some drip, dude. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that's that. That's justifiable. He needed drip. Um, so, Jesus. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, Jesus. <laughs> <You> fucking idiot. <laughs> Gaius Julius Jesus. 
Gullius. Uh, had begun, Gullius Jesus. Had begun whipping up uh, anti-Gallic sentiment uh, in the Senate in an effort to get political backing and funding for him to round up some legions and go make himself rich and powerful. Uh, his main pretexts for this war were twofold. One, uh, as consul, he had paid the chieftain of the Gallic tribe, uh, the Suebi, uh, a man named Ariovistus, a huge sum of money uh, to form an alliance and to back him and just, like, not cause him any trouble. And he just wanted a, that money also, back. a little bit of lore right here. The Suebi uh, would be the people that would settle, after the fall of Rome, would settle out Portugal. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, so they're, they're, yeah, they're still shitty. That's cool. What the fuck? Um... What the fuck? What? What did I say? You know what you said, you bastard. <laughs> so Ariovistus uh, has a bunch of G- uh, G- Jesus Christ Jesus. Caesar's personal money, and uh, he wants it back. And <laughs> he like he dude. literally is thinking about like dirty, dirty pool here. He's like, yeah, I paid him a lot. Sure, would love to go kill him and everyone he knows and take all of it back. Yeah. Um, and then also number two, the Helvetii or Helveti. Uh, a confederation of tribes from the Swiss Alpine region had been slowly being forced south into Roman territory by German tribes who were north of them, kind of just expanding. And this is a, a precursor to something that's going to just con- consistently trouble the Romans over the rest of their history: is migrations of tribes based on natural resources and and spreading out to to find room to live and encroaching on imperial lands. And the Romans being like, "You can't come here," and then being like. You can stop I gotta go us. somewhere. I'm, I gotta I, go I, somewhere. I, literally, if I go back there, they're going to kill my kids. So I'm either fighting you or I'm fighting them. And you look soft and pink. So I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna fight you. Um, and so this will become a major issue. But um, at this point, like, this is like a pretty benign scenario. Um, they are pushing into Roman lands and they are brushing up against some settlers. But it's not like a full-scale invasion. Um, but... Even though they were just sort of trying to survive, <clears throat> Caesar saw this and was like, there we go. That's my that's my moment. Uh, it's going to be the Gauls. Because at this point, he was kind of like trying to figure out which foreign people he could like have his glorious contact conquest against. It was going to be maybe the Dacians or the Illyrians. Um, and then he saw this and he was like, oh, okay, it's going to be the Gauls. I got the icy fade, icy shoe, icy white tea, icy black, icy white, polos, polos, I got, got the icy pen, icy Vitas, icy shoe, icy ribs, icy, icy, 50, 50, icy, icy, 50, 50, hard body, 50, icy, like they see me, baby, I'm so icy, you can hit me up everywhere you can go, man. 50 Tyson, man, I'll always do it. Always be me. I dress so different, man. I'm so icy. Oh, I'm so icy. Gangster, man. I'm 50 Tyson. From the north side, Minnesota. From the lows, that's the word I'm from. Hollow down, yes, yes, yes. 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 So, with the help of the Triumvirate, he secures himself a five-year proconsulship in Transalpine Gaul, which is Gaul on the far side of the Alps. So, at this point, a very small Roman province, really that's just like on the southern edge of Gaul proper, which is a huge territory. Um, and so, to call it Gaul, it's like kind of silly, you know? It's like if you like 
controlled like just the city of Paris and we're like this is northern France and it's like yeah well that's not really much but um, so traditionally a proconsul serves for one year uh, but he's got friends in high places so it's a five-year five-year term now the important thing is that as proconsul in Gaul he was also simultaneously proconsul in Illyria and Hispania um, he is in control of four full legions directly at the start here. The 7th, the 8th, the ninth Hispania, and the 10th. The 10th uh, mounted, baby. Yeah. And he had also had uh, <clears throat> full preconsular authority to recruit levies and auxiliaries as he saw fit to supplement this force. Um, these are also all legions that Caesar has personally served with, and we'll talk about that a little bit in a minute, but like that's important. So, with some shady preset, pretext, he basically decided to just rampage through Gaul and plunder until he was rich enough and could pay off his debts and have a little left over for himself. So, that's what he does. Um, I want to take a minute to step aside and talk about the Gallic War, the official novelization. Um, it's, it's still the definitive uh, contemporary account of these wars, um, called in Latin Commentariae de Bello Gallico, or commentaries on the war in Gaul. Um, this is a first-hand account of Caesar's campaigns in Gaul, written by none other than Caesar, none other than Caesar himself. Written by none other than Caesar himself. Coolius. So it's written by none other than Caesar. Caesar wrote the commentaries on Gaul. Um, Coolius. <laughs> so Julio, Julio, Julio Caesar wrote uh, this really fun but really fucking ridiculous account of his own exploits in Gaul. Um, and so here's the thing. There's a lot of information contained within it that is still deemed to be historically valuable, such as discussions of the various customs and battle tactics of both the Romans and the Gallic tribes during these wars. And how Gaul is divided into three parts. Well, right. Like, he, he, <laughs> he had some hot takes, and I'm going to read more from it in the next episode. Um, well, I was just saying that's the first line of it. Gaul yeah. is divided into three Oh, yeah, I, I have that earmarked. His description of Gaul, you want to just read it? No, that's fine. Because we can. I'll read it. I'll read no, it to right. you. Okay. I've uh, it. No, I know. I know you have, but we don't no. make the show for you and me. Um, I thought we... Well, <laughs> I guess we kind of do. <laughs> yes. I guess we kind of do. Who the fuck else are we making this for? Yeah. <laughs> um, but the main purpose of the book was self-aggrandizement. Um, he had a feeling... It was feeling propaganda. Yeah, it was propaganda. He had a feeling that if he was super honest about his intentions in Gaul, the Senate and the people of Rome would likely begin to look at him in kind of a negative light. Um, because after all, in their own eyes, the Romans were meant to be these noble upholders of law and virtue, and the Gauls are supposed to just be like dirty barbarians. So how is it going to look to the Roman public if some like vicious Roman general just starts pillaging like this peaceful countryside full of people who are supposed to be the aggressive barbarians and they're our enemies, whatever. Um, so he ends up keeping a very, uh, let's say, specifically worded journal, uh, which he later compiles and revises into a book. And it's through this book that we know how he presented his plans to the Senate. Uh, and it's through the accounts of his enemies at home that we get an idea of his potentially less savory motivations. Um, so the book is definitely a source here, but not exclusively. Um, I'm not doing, like when Evan did his his awesome series on the history of the kings of Britain, where we were literally just talking about that book and like how fucked mm -hmm. up and crazy it was, um, that was really worthwhile and great because even though like 
there's tons of mistruths and misdirection in it. It's Those, so obvious. It's so obvious and it's so like fun and funny. Nobody nobody takes it as history. Right. Um with this book, if I just presented it to you, it's way less obvious. He doesn't talk about fighting giants and shit. Like even though this yeah. is way earlier than that book. Yeah. It was much more grounded in reality and um if I just presented the Gallic War, the book, as like the true account of what happened, it would be perfectly believable, I guess, to a modern audience if you had no background in it. So I'm using it. Um, there's stuff from it that I really liked that I pulled. Um, but we're not just like walking you through his book, The Gallic War. Um, but it is fun, though, and you should read it. It's, 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 it's fucking wild. And it's like cool to read like Julius Caesar. The one thing that I think is hysterical is that he refers to himself in the third person the entire book. And he's like, they came to Caesar, and Caesar was magnanimous. Like, it's just like, all right, man. Like yeah. Just huffing his own farts. Yeah, yeah, he's, I don't know. I think he was kind of trying to write it as though it were written by some other historian. Yeah. But then he published it under his own name, so it's like, calling yourself by your name, it's just a little weird. Whatever, fuck it. He's Caesar, so anyway, can do it. Cam recommends the Gallic Wars. Cam finds it to be a very interesting read. And Cam says that you should read it. Um, so one fun tidbit before we move on from this part, because we're nearing the end of, of part one of this mini-series. Um, <laughs> you'll make it. You'll be fine. I know, I'm tired. Yeah, I'm tired too, Evan. I get it. Uh, Caesar was famously Jesus close. Christ, bro. I get fucking. it. You're so defensive, dude. You're such a fucking freak. You're the one who just freaked out. I, I didn't freak out. Well, do you freaking out right now, bro? Look Dude, at I you. can just see you. You're 15. Your mom pokes her head and is like, "Evan, do you mind just cleaning your room?" And you're like, "Mom, jeez, why are you yelling?" That's, I definitely wasn't like that. That's the Evan approach to life. I was, jeez, why are you yelling? I definitely didn't. That was my sister. Why are you freaking out, dude? Um. So anyway, <laughs> goal achieved. If you're quiet, then we're happy. <laughs> so um he was super well known and like i said he had served with most of these guys in these four legions uh previously when he was on campaign in hispania and he knew a lot of these people by name he was very good like that he was very charismatic he could go through the ranks and pick people out and be like how are you how's your family how's your wife how's your kids uh <clears throat> and he was really well known when he gave his speeches now in movies, you see a lot of like William Wallace style Braveheart bullshit speeches and they weren't like that. You know what I mean? But generals would give speeches to their troops before battle. And Caesar was known for his speeches just being kind of in the common vernacular. Like he would speak like a soldier, um, which obviously was a practiced skill, not natural, but he could do it. And he would like tell dirty jokes and make them laugh and just be like, I'm one of you. Let's go fuck these guys up. And that was really popular. Um, he also had a reputation as a guy who made his armies super rich because throughout this conflict, he's basically, whenever he can, going to let them just plunder and take whatever they fucking want. He promises them a lot of money when they get home, um, and he makes good on a lot of these promises. So he becomes very popular very quickly, and this makes people back home a little nervous because they're hearing stories about how Caesar's legions are only loyal to Caesar and all these things, which are... You know. That would be. Yeah, fuck the other ones. Losers. Suckers yeah. and losers in the Senate. Suckers and I'd losers. Go with Caesar. <laughs> exactly. You like a good demagogue who has handouts. Um, <laughs> I, I got bills to pay, man. And those fucking dorks arguing about yeah. fucking, I don't know, whatever stupid laurel leaves and whatever. 
No, they don't give a they fuck about me. you. No, but you know who does, or at least who says he does? Fucking Caesar. They can kiss my ass and suck my dick, everyone. <laughs> um, so two fun uh, characters who are frequently referenced in the book, which I'm not going to go fully into because most of the events they take part in will be in next episode, but we'll come back to it. Yeah. But I just wanted to mention it. Um, they'll be super recognizable to fans of the HBO series Rome, which you should watch, especially season yeah. one. Um, I'm talking about Lucius Farinas and Titus Pullo. Yeah. Uh, when I realized that they were actually in the book, I was like, no fucking way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They really only come up in like one story. I think he mentions yeah. Titus Pullo a couple times, but um, and they might be made up, but we have no way to prove that. And they're here, and they're as historically attested as you can be, I guess. Um, both centurions who served in either the Eleventh Legion or the Ninth Hispania. Um, the Eleventh Legion isn't in Gaul yet at the start of this, so you know the timeline's a little shaky, but. Um, I'll tell you the specific story next time. They have this like really cool story. So anyway, just a little teaser if you were a fan of that show. Like they'll pop up briefly next time. Um, and then the last thing I really want to talk about is the sort of military makeup of these two forces that are about to come into conflict. Because I think without understanding that, it might be a little difficult to kind of conceptualize how the battles that are to come are going to sort of unfold. So, we mentioned last week that Marius had reformed the legions in the first century BCE, and he differentiated them from the maniples, which we saw fighting the Macedonians to devastating effect. Um, But now the legions are even more scary and even more sort of specialized. Um, So, under Marius, the the legions became a completely professional force. Um, So, no longer are they self-equipped or drawn from the farmers and the craftsmen of Rome, Um, Because the thing is, when you have a citizen soldiery, eventually they're going to want to go home and tend to their crops or their shops or whatever they have going on at home. They're not going to want to stay out in the field for two years, you know. Now, the army is paid and enlisted for set terms with guaranteed land grants and pensions after serving for, like, 20 years. Like, they they would sign them up for a long-ass time. And it varies, but you see people that are, like, 50, 60 still serving in the legions, which... That's not really comparable to modern times, but they would do it back then. Um, Also gone are the Hastati, the Principes, and the Triarii, which, again, we mentioned were like those three lines in in the maniples. Um, And now you just have the standard issue, heavily armed (coughs) Roman legionary. So they were armored at this point. What did you say? The legionary cohorts. Yep. Um, they're armored at this point in heavy male or scale armor, which is called Lorica Hamata or Lorica Squamata, respectively. Um, but soon they would find themselves in what you've probably seen them in, which is the Lorica Segmentata, which is like the, the layered male, I'm sorry, the layered plate armor. Mm-hmm. Um, but even the earlier scale armor is like better than most armies at this point have, which are wearing like lamellar or leather or nothing. Yeah. And... It makes their vital organs seem basically invincible to a lot of their less developed foes. Um, They wear this characteristic helmet uh, with a fanned rear um, to it to deflect blows to the neck. Um, And if you look at the centurions and the officers, they would have had those those badass red horsehair kind of crests that you're probably thinking of. Mm -hmm. Um, They're all now also universally equipped with this big-ass heavy wooden rectangular shield, which is called a scutum. Um, which is intended to cover, yeah, the scudum. Yeah, uh, it's intended to cover like seventy to eighty percent of their body and leaves not much exposed. 
Um, and they carry around these two special javelins called Pila. And these are my favorite piece of the Legionaries equipment. To me, they're like the most kind of awesome and interesting. Um, a, a Pilum had this long wooden shaft. It looked kind of like a harpoon. And it was tipped with what was basically like a thin iron dart that came to sort of a sharpened arrowhead style point with like little curved backy parts on it. Um, the, the, the advancing legionaries would hurl these into the oncoming ranks of charging enemy soldiers to sort of freak them out and weaken their charge. Um, but the cool thing is, is that the end of the pilum was intentionally sort of flimsy so that once it made impact with the enemy's shields, um, or ideally, I mean, if it, if they hit somebody great, um, but it would stick into the shield, be really tough to pull out because it had this like barbed, like sort of head, but also the thin kind of iron dart part would would bend and so it's stuck in your shield it's bent at this weird angle and all of a sudden you're running and your arm is like all fucking thrown off and your balance is fucked up because you get this caught weird... on the ground and yeah shit. you get caught on the ground you're stumbling and so the the immediate reaction of most enemy soldiers would be just to toss the fucking shield which is exactly what the romans wanted because if you don't have a shield you're about to get stabbed up yeah and the other benefit of that is that a bent up spear can't be picked up and thrown back by the enemy Yeah, even is... if it sticks in the ground it's gonna bend yeah and that's a very real part of ancient warfare. You know, you throw yeah. a volley of spears, they're going to just pick them up and chuck them back at you. Um, yeah. They can't really do that because they're all bent up now. They're sharp enough to cause damage. They're sharp enough to incapacitate the shields. But they're not the most sturdy things in the world, and that's intentional. And I think that's <coughs> Yeah, just, they just cause havoc. I think that's just genius. And mm-hmm. the whole reason they do that, you know, is not to try to kill everybody. You know, they each just have two of them. Now they close in and they do their dirty business. <clears throat> And they yeah. use their gladius, which is a short, like perfectly efficient stabbing sword. It's double edged; you can slash with it. But really, the whole point of the gladius, it has a very long tapered point, is to just poke around the edges of your shield, top, sides, and just stab at your now shieldless, usually less armored, shirtless Gallic foes who just have yeah. their big white bellies hanging out, and you just fucking stab them up and you've got this big shield that no one can fucking it covers your whole body or Boudicca's naked like, screaming men this little fucking sword and you're just doubting out like darting out like a a, a hornet stinger and that's how the legionaries did what they did um and it's pretty unstoppable for a pretty long time it's yeah. like a couple hundred years where this just like nobody can figure out how to beat this system they throw their fucked up wonky spears at you and then you they lose your shield you like a bunch of stabby patties, And then they dude. just close on you and slowly, methodically stab you to death. Um, and it's it's brilliant. Um, the Gauls, on the other hand, do not have a professional army. Um, they're still self-equipped, and they just sort of levy their people from um, among the tribes when needed. And uh, Caesar in the Gallic War actually has this awesome anecdote where he says that, like, I'm not quoting directly because I'm not going to flip through the book right now, but... Basically, he says that the prevailing tactic among the Gallic tribes at the time was, in times of need, the chieftain of a given tribe would, would call a general muster of all able-bodied men, and the last man to show up to the muster would be systematically like beaten to death in front of everyone else, so that everybody had this imperative to like rush to the call of your chieftain when battle was necessary. Um, it's funny, like that may or may not be true, but... He says it in the book with, like, an air of, like, respect, and he's just like, yeah, they're brave as fuck. Like, at no point does Caesar doubt the bravery and the strength of the Gauls. So, anyway, 
maybe he was just hamming them up so that he could make it seem like he fought like a way scarier foe than he did, but yeah. I thought it was an interesting anecdote. Um, but so they don't have a professional army, and what this means is that their equipment is going to be super varied. Um, a wealthy Gallic warrior would have equipment that was at least as good as a legionary, if not, like, way better. Um, mm-hmm. They were great metal workers. They made fantastic long swords uh, and spears and, and shields and armor that were, again, at least as durable as the Romans, if not more. Um, but your average Gaul would have generally been less well equipped than, equipped than a legionary just because most people aren't rich enough to afford that mm-hmm. um but what they lacked in uniformity they made up for by being members of like a true warrior culture um and obviously rome has like built up this reputation as as being a, a military force but um the average roman unless he was like a 20-year veteran in the legions um has come from a background that that generally didn't involve like warfare from childhood Um, whereas the Gallic tribes were constantly fighting Germans, they were fighting each other and they just had like a generally higher cultural prestige for personal honor and demonstrations of courage in battle. Mm -hmm. Um, this did mean on the downside that they were prone to breaking formation in fights, uh, in an attempt to kind of reach out for individual acts of bravery. Um, but it also means that they fought like fucking mad and could be like really scary to people from somewhere like Rome where you just haven't seen like a screaming shirtless maniac running at you with a fucking sword on his own. Like just like to be like, I'm going to be the first fucking one to die. Like they were into shit like that. Um, (laughs) Add to this that the average Gallic man was substantially larger and more physically imposing than the average Italian. Um, and you can see why, like, they were kind of feared. The The Romans, in, in a lot of their writings, Caesar kind of alludes to it. They had this, like, weird cultural jealousy of the Germans and the, the Gauls. Um, you see, and the ancient Greeks would do it, too. You see them, like, making a point of being, like, yeah, they, they had these, like, disgusting big dicks. They were so gross. And, like, their bodies were just, like, like disproportionately big. And, like, just, like, it was really nasty. And a true man should be, like, moderately sized and have, like, a tiny penis. <laughs> it's just, like, all right, fair enough, man. Like, it is what it is. Um, but so they, there was this sort of, like, cultural disdain for these, like, big, strong fucking people from Northern Europe. Um... <clears throat> One particular area where the Gallic peoples did have the Romans beat, um, aside just from being, like, scary and big, um, was the diversity of their troops. So the legions were uh, predominantly heavy infantry (coughs) for close quarters melee combat. um, Because this is where the real prestige was. Like, the Romans didn't really believe in, like, joining the cavalry or, like, being, you know, and later on, especially under the Byzantines, they'll kind of loosen up with this, but... If you want to, like, gain prestige in the Roman military and you are a Roman, you got to be a legionary. You got to be a guy on the front lines with a sword and a shield stabbing people to death. Um, And the legionaries had to be Italian. Previously, they had to be Roman, but now you just have to be Italian. Uh, What cavalry and missile troops they did have would be from auxiliaries, who were often other Gauls or Germans or Spaniards, but never Italians. Um, And they were, uh, frankly, undervalued and underused. They just, like had them there and they're like, I don't fucking know. You guys can do whatever. We'll send in the legions and that'll get it done. The Gauls comparatively had excellent cavalry and they were much better trained with bows and slings. Um, and they were just more suited being a tribal people to guerrilla warfare, um, in varied terrain. And they were just less organized, but that kind of worked out for them sometimes. Um, so yeah, that's the, the sort of tale of the tape, um, examining the two forces that are going to fight. 
And then we're going to kind of just wrap this up. Um, so in summary, uh, Caesar is the proconsul in Transalpine Gaul. He's got four legions of loyal men. Uh, he's got a real cash flow, cash flow problem. Um, and he's got an eye on the rich, fertile Gallic lands to the north. Who the doesn't? Hel- All right, I'd fucking take him. Yeah. The Helvetii have just invaded, quote-unquote, Roman lands. Uh, big and fucking Caesar- mistake. Yeah, big, big fucking mistake. And uh, Caesar is petitioning the Senate to engage these barbarian hordes uh, and drive them back from whence they came, which is really just like mostly like cold women and old people and children that like need a place to live. And he's just like, how dare they? But like he knows what he's doing. Um, So the game is set and all that remains is for him to do the damn thing. So Julius Caesar musters his troops. Uh, He probably tells a fart joke or two. He promises everyone gold and glory and slaves and rape and whatever other awful things you promise people in ancient warfare. And uh, off he rides on his glorious Gallic holiday. To, to give them a stern talking to. A stern talking to. Hey, listen, guys. Let's not let this happen again. The gall of these galls. <laughs> I'm back again on this shit yeah, for you. 2010, baby. It's coming straight through you. You feel this, baby. It's coming straight through you. Wah, wah, wah. Coming back into my life now Wants to be this made of my say What, what, what What makes you think, girl, that I want you back Want you back What makes you think, girl, that I'd have you back Have you back All the shit in the did it to me Seriously, my girl Like, what the fuck was that And all the dudes that you do to me I'm telling you by now, my dear You're wasting your time I'm wasting mine, too And I know you're trying to work your way around the scene Trying to get me back And have me there right next to you What you want from me What you want from me Something's holding on And I don't know what it is right now But I know she wants me back Cause every time she tries to walk away Something's holding on And I don't know what it is right now But I know she wants me back So yeah, that's it. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. Yep. 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 Alright, so I don't have anything else to add. Um, I'm getting the vibe that you don't either And that you want to be done here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's about time to wrap this up. Yeah, yeah no. it's about time uh, for me to mosey on down to... Yeah, time to hit the old dusty trail. You know, gotta masturbate six or seven times and then <laughs> slowly, painfully drift off to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was, that was cool. I am excited to learn about the Holocaust that's about to happen yeah, in it's, France. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, and it, frankly, this whole episode was just going to be that, but I was telling Evan earlier today, like, as I was reading through it, I'm like... I can't just start it and be like, so Julius Caesar went to Gaul. And yeah, like, right, yeah. you know, we haven't talked about him. And you can do that with some people, but you can't really do that with Caesar because he's, yeah, gotta... he's fucking Caesar. You got to talk about him. You got to talk about the background and describe, like, why it's cool and wild that he lied and cheated Shit his way. Shit must be into... discussed, dude. Yeah, you got to discuss it. So we'll do another one. We'll extend our little Roman preoccupation. Yeah. But. Yep. There it is, folks. I hope you liked it. I mean it. And, uh, you know. Yep, do, do the, the rate review thing. Yep, Apple, Spotify. Yeah, yeah. Rate yeah. review. Tell people about us. Mm-hmm. We spread by word of mouth. Uh, <laughs> anything else to add? No. I feel like no. I did have some banter. I forget. Oh, what did I want to talk about? There was something I specifically said. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, well, so no, it's not the thing that I mentioned. I don't think it's happened yet, but keep your eyes peeled, folks, because Texas is supposed to get oh. hit with a, another Arctic deep freeze, just like they did last year. 
And um, last year, it killed hundreds of people and, you know, put a huge hurting on their their uh, their isolated, uh, the Texas interconnected power grid, which we did, like, our third episode on or our fifth, fifth episode on. And um, so, yeah, I would like you all to keep your eyes on that, and we will definitely be discussing whether or not they – because maybe, you know, Greg Abbott is saying that they have completely – fixed the problem and it'll just be fine um also people are making a big deal out of the fact that that storm went to minus two this one is only expected to hit like zero to five degrees fahrenheit which i guess is a huge difference so well still our thoughts are with the people in texas yeah we hope that uh they've done right by you because if they haven't uh that would be a real tragedy and stay safe stay warm take it from us uh northern fucks who just got two to three feet dumped on us uh yeah it ain't no joke so don't treat it like one um do what you got to do although it's been like really warm the last two days so a lot of it's melted yeah it was 50 degrees and rainy today i'm stoked because it's supposed Uh, to rain again the the fucking like mist and fog from like all of the snow melting and the 50 degree rain it was like like as i was like you know i work north of providence usually i get this awesome view of the 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 skyline like the city yeah uh, escape in providence Literally, you can see more than like a third of the way up the buildings. It's um, I think that it's it's we didn't have as much of the fog up here because oh my god, it's just not yeah. quite as warm. But um, we definitely lost a lot of the snow, which is good because it's supposed to snow again tomorrow. A lot of schools yeah. up here are already canceled for tomorrow. Oh, really? So yeah, I mean, I'm hoping it's not that bad because no. I can't miss any more work. But um. Anyway, all that to say, if you're in Texas and this shit gets bad, stay safe, stay warm, take care of your yep. people, and we'll be thinking about you. For sure. All right. Well, thanks for listening to Left on Red. Uh, you know the drill. We love you, and we will see you next week. Say no. Bye. No. Say no to drugs. No to drugs. Rip, did it zap, the zip, dip, the wrap. This is what I call the zip, zap, rap. Be back in a sec. A zip, a zap, a zap. You're gonna spin your whole check. Zip, dip, zap, a zip with a wabbit. A zip, a dip, a whip. You got a cocaine habit. Scooby Doo, bop, a zip, blah, blah. It started with a quarter, now it is a gram. Zoom, zoom, whip, a Scooby Doo, bop. Find yourself in the project, trying to cow. Rip and a rap and a rope with a rhyme. I think you better call the cocaine hotline. Zip, dip, a whip. You call them on the phone. A zip, a dip, a whip, but you have it ain't gone.
check out the small print. You've got three options. The first one is to get your money at the expense of someone else's greed. And you know that all that means, good buddy, is that you're a thief. The second option is a nine to five. If I do one, order one to nine. But if you read closely, you'll see you'll be there for a long time. The third one is to go for it and try to get the crop of the cream. When you get tired of driving, you just hop in your limousine. Huh, and roll out. Don't be no fool. The great. 